You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. On this show, we discuss our ayahuasca integration journeys. Using hypnosis to journey within can be a powerful way to begin or continue to heal and grow, and to tap into that wise inner voice as a source of guidance. To find out more, please visit RebeccaHayden.com or email me at Rebecca.Hayden at gmail.com. To learn more about microdosing ayahuasca legally, please visit ayahuascamicrodosing.com and use the coupon code TALKS to get a 10% discount on your entire order. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today I have Tim Saiku with me, and he's an entrepreneur, a startup advisor, and partner CMO of One Heart Human Accelerator. Hi, Tim. Hello, good to be here today. So glad you're here with me because we're going to talk about some really important things uh, drawing to the close of such an interesting year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, to say the least. <laughs> yes, to say the very least, but we will say more about that. Um, but first, I want, to, uh, I want you to kind of share a bit of your story about how you became involved with ayahuasca and uh and the changes it brought about in your in your own life, um, sure. and what what you were doing before and came to afterwards, and that will launch us into our integrative discussion. Sure. So when I think about my journey with uh, this medicine, um, you know, I first think about you know when I first started exploring with psychedelics uh, about six years ago, um, and it was very non-intentional settings, very party-esque settings. But what it did was it opened up a, a door of curiosity to kind of dive in deeper. After my first experiences with LSD, I kind of started to explore by myself in nature while journaling and listening to music. And that really, um, you know, uh, spurred me into my own uh, spiritual path with meditation and just with, um, you know, my connection to, to a greater power and source. And so in one of my meditation circles, I was invited to my first uh, you know, ayahuasca plant medicine uh, ceremony, which was just about three years ago, three-ish, three-plus years ago. And after that first experience, I just knew that it was unlike any powerful experience I would have ever anticipated or expected, but such came out of it with such um, humbleness and such um, reverence to the power of what this medicine um, can do uh, and be for all of us. And ever since then, I've really kind of just kind of continually surrendered on this path of, of you know, you know, communing with this medicine and um, and it just opened up so many possibilities for me, you know, just as an example for today, you know, me being part of one heart, um, it, it resulted from my second ceremony ever. I was asking, well, you know, what, how I can best manifest my purpose of service after my transition, which of my last career, which was a startup founder kind of running, you know, through that gold rush of San Francisco in the uh, early 2010 till you know, just a couple years ago when I exited, um, it was very misaligned with me, but I just didn't know why I was doing it. And probably mostly out of ego and having a chip on my shoulder to try to prove something to myself and others. But as I was concluding that chapter, I, you know, went to go sit with the, the grandmother and um, asked, you know, how I can best manifest my purpose of service. And I saw an opportunity to, I saw a vision to contribute to what we, what I call a campus of alternative healing. And, you know, fast forward, I met these two founders who are the founders of One Heart. And I kind of just said, you know what, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to go full surrender into servicing and volunteering my time with this organization and the mission of elevating um, the, the lives of these what we call heart-led leaders. And ever since then, almost two years in now, um, it's been such a fulfilling journey and um, continually just humbled to be partaking in this work and um, holding the hands of, you know, these founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, as they go into most likely their first time sitting with the grandmother and, you know, guiding them through a very dark, maybe shadowy times to come out the other side with so much more light and love. Um, so that's a little bit about, you know, where I'm at today and how I've come about. And again, it's just been you know, even just sharing this again, even though I've been in this path for almost three, four years now, um, is just always a uh, a surprise of of how beautiful this all has unfolded, 
which is again a testament to I guess the power of you know intentional surrendering to mm -hmm. this kind of th this kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that you touched on something that uh, um, that comes up often uh, on this show is that um, just you know uh, reconnecting with with this the story about about how ayahuasca came into our lives and how much it changed us is helpful along the integrative path, which can be very bumpy at times, mm, you know? So yeah. It's like when we lose touch with, um, with what brought us here and, and what started this whole thing, um, realigning with that is, is really important. And even just talking about it openly and with others, and it, it really does help, keeps reminding us, oh yeah, that was a pretty miraculous thing. And, <laughs> and I'm going through all this for a reason. Um, another thing that came up when you were um, talking about your journey is that um, some of us who, who come through this big transition through ayahuasca into, you know, who, who we start becoming afterwards, I think we tend to look at our former life as though, oh my God, that had nothing to do with who I was. And, mm. and we see some truth in that, but um, there's also some interesting little hints along the way. Um, what I've discovered, and I think many others might when they take a look at it, is that you you and I and many others develop skills along the way that now we use, you know, <sighs> right? That's very much more in alignment, exactly. Very much resonance with that. Yeah. So even though it seemed like, oh, my God, it seemed so lost before, but, you know, you're developing these skills that you're now using in such an amazing way. And me, too. And I think so many others. Are, are there too. And I just, I think that what I'd like to say is, you know, we can look, look upon our past in that way. Like we were in training for so many years without knowing it, you know? Yeah. I, I love that perspective of, yeah, we were in training, whether we knew that or not, but yeah, we were in training and in preparation for, you know, what was most going to be in alignment for our, for our own path. Right. And then we meet with Ayahuasca and she sends us on missions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Many of Very us, much, right? Very much so. And you are in such a great position to help people because there are people who have maybe worked for companies all their lives and then suddenly they're asked to do something that's so independent and they be become entrepreneurs suddenly and um, feel like they might not necessarily, you know, be able to, uh, to do that. And there's all these concerns. It, it throws up all of these things that they they now have to grow through, and and I think that you've you know you've helped people with that. You've gone through these things yourself. I'm sure that there's some wisdom that you you can um, you know lend to people who are going through this. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, very much so. Before I share some of the some of the things I've learned along the way, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, in such a privileged position and honored position to to be able to do this work. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share a couple of things that immediately stem, um, which is, uh, you know, we at One Heart wrote a, a white paper this past summer of 2020 um, called The Altered State of Business uh, that's meant to kind of just create a, create a, a, a dialogue on how the, how sacred plant medicines and psychedelics can kind of elevate the, the, the way we kind of operate our business and how we kind of approach our business institutions today. And in there, there's four key kind of wisdom that you know we've drawn from our own ceremonies and our mm -hmm. own integration, uh, and and apply it into our lives, our personal lives, and also our professional lives. Uh, the first one we kind of wrote there is um, surrender, creating expansion. And I'll kind of dive into each of these a little bit after. But the first one was surrender creates expansion. Uh, number two, uh, competition is an illusion. Number three. Uh, what we put out amplifies. And number four, from uh, from the me to the we or from the egoism to the ecoism. And so just uh, touching a little bit on each of these, just you know, the idea of surrender, creating expansion. Um, you know, one of the books we uh, recommend all our participants before they sit with the grandmother to read is called The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. And um, if you haven't touched it yet or read it, um, it's a very powerful book just showing a possibility on one side of the spectrum of, of surrendering and surrendering can mean lots of different things for many different people. But for me, um, how I define it is like, um, you know, moment to moment awareness of, of listening to a greater power and kind of, uh, you know, allowing that, um, you know, wisdom to be 
heard and actually kind of like followed. So whether that's through your meditation practice or yoga practice or breathwork practice or, you know, just your journaling practice, whatever it may be, just moment to moment awareness to listen to a higher power and kind of dissolve your own preferences um, and listen to guidance from, um, you know, whatever religion or spirituality uh, belief you, you follow. I think that's uh, what, that, what that entails I and mean, what that kind of results into is just, you know, as you drop your own preference and you drop the idea of control, um, you know, just so much magic will start to unveil itself. It's almost kind of like, you know, after a lot of these first timers going through the ceremony, it's like they put on glasses for the first time where they can see so much clearly. And when they see so much clearly, meaning that there's so much magic around us that if we just kind of get our get out of our own way, um, listen to nature, you know, have our own prayer practice, whatever it may be, um, there's a lot of power in uh, as we surrender our own ego and, and kind of uh, open our channel to um, some higher power to guide us. The second one is one of my favorites, which is competition being an illusion. Um, oh, yes. We talked about this before. In, yeah. in the last time we talked about entrepreneurship with the ayahuasca lens. This is beautiful. We can create yeah. so much when we do this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this one short because it's it's quite simple for me. It's like, you know, if we see separation as an illusion, if, as we heard from many of our songs, medicine songs out there, separation being illusion, separation and competition is kind of synonymous in my perspective. So, um, you know, competition being an illusion is that, you know, instead of com competing, um, how do we how do we collaborate? You know, that's the first question I always ask myself, if I ever feel like, oh, I, I feel a little bit jealous, or, you know, well, like, oh, I want to beat this person kind of thing, I ask myself, well, actually, how do I reprogram this and ask myself, how do I collaborate with this person? And uh, a very practical way I think about it is, well, how do I just service this person? How can I show up in a way that will benefit this individual or this organization? Or how can we partner up in a way that, um, because we know that there's enough room for everyone to play. Um, mm -hmm. So those are just the kind of couple, couple of key questions I, I apply in my own practice as I am involved in many different types of businesses. And in, you know, another word I, I try to reframe from instead of, you know, who is my competitor? I think about, well, who are my rivals? And this comes from um, a key wisdom from Simon Sinek's book, um, The Infinite Game, where he talks about how we can view our competitors as rivals because rivals are here to kind of elevate us. And we can see them as worthy rivals to kind of like be like, well, I'm not trying to just say like, it's a zero sum game and I'm trying to push you down. It's more like, you know, what are you doing that I can learn from and I can yeah. like create more opportunities for this space for us both or all of us, uh, all, you know, rivals to thrive in. Mm -hmm. The third one is, uh, you know, one thing I really enjoyed from my, from one of my teachers, you know, what we put out amplifies. So in other, in other words, another way to think about it is, you know, what we put out returns back to us in tenfold, 20 fold, however much fold you want to perceive it as. But the idea is that what we put out only returns with that much greater emphasis. And so you put out anger and fear and scarcity, you will get that much more fear, anger and scarcity back towards you. You put out abundance, love and gratitude and compassion, um, that 10 times, 100 times of that will come back to you. And so it kind of relates to this second one where we can approach, you know, the scarcity mindset of competitors to something of, you know, well, maybe there is enough uh, space for all of us to play in. And, um, you know, how can I support you? Then, you know, let's call it the law of reciprocity. Like that kind of reciprocity will be returned to you just as our human nature. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last one is from the, the, from, the, from the ego to the eco or from the me to the we. And this is something we preach a lot in, in One Heart where, again, tying back to the separation being an illusion. You know, our organization is called One Heart where we come from one source of consciousness. Um, we're all interconnected. How can we start to not only, you know, see that within ourselves and our, us as a human race, but also with mother nature. And this kind of plays into a little bit of what you were, you know, mentioning around, you know, what can we see from this whole year of, of this lockdown and quarantine and shelter in place and just so much pause going on. I just, you know, from one of my other teachers, I heard that now, this is this is a, the loudest cry, at least in our lifetime, from Mother Nature being like, I need to breathe. And if we see it this way, it's a very powerful perspective just to like 
think about how we can reconnect to nature and realize that mother nature has all the medicines that we need um, in our, in our own ailments, our own sicknesses. Um, and when, you know, when this kind of, you know, crazy pandemic happens, a different perspective of this all from outside of our Western traditional scientific explanations um, could very much be one of, you know, she needs time to breathe. She needs time to rest. She needs time to recover from all that we've, let's say, abused or misused um, mother nature. And we get to look, reflect back on and look back on our own sustainability practices, our own um, waste practices, our own consumption practices, and ultimately how we can recontribute back to, um, you know, the surrounding nature around us, or even to the the lungs of this earth, uh, the Amazon rainforest, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think the last point here is just how can we shift our own behaviors from the me to the we, not only as a human race, but also with our with our whole planet as well. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And so much came up while you were talking about that, which is the way these conversations always go. <laughs> um, yeah, like this year, so as you and I were talking before we, uh, we agreed to do this podcast, um, this year can mean so many different things to so many different people. Right. Um, even people who have gone into ceremony to ask the question about what this is about get so many right. different answers, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, um, I think that we can look at that uh, like we look at the idea of competition when we think of ourselves, you know, as all having to, you know, agree on the same thing or be in the same wa wavelength, um, or we're against one another. It, it's such a narrow view, and I think it's one that um, these medicines are trying to pull us out of, mm. and. And this could be very well, you know, the transition to help us do that because right. we can see these divisions cropping up and, and let's not pretend they haven't always been there. You know, right. it's, this is a beautiful, like life is the ceremony. And uh -huh. part of that process is things rising to the surface so that we get to look at it. Right. Yeah. And looking, you know, these shadows are, all these shadows are, are, are emerging. And, um, you know, I've always said that, uh, this whole year has been a ceremony. <laughs> We're just on our own mats in our own homes, reflecting on our own actions and decisions that we made. And some of us can handle it, some of us can't. And, and so we resort to other you know, avenues. But another perspective of all this is that this whole year was a purge. That's, you know, in relation to ceremony terminology, this whole year was a purge and we get to purge out you know, what no longer served us in our lifetime, um, but maybe even in our careers. And in our and how we show up in the world, and how we spend our time, and where we put our energy towards. Sure, and even those things that may seem like someone can't handle it, or reactions, or all the rest of it. That this is all part of, you know, growth. This is all Absolutely. part of the experience that's going to lead us somewhere. You know, it's it's all part of this transition, and there's there's nothing wrong really. It's just it's different. Um, let's call it. Um, effects <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because it's how we kind of react or respond or think about these things that 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 gives it it meaning right and they're all side effects of of the experience that we're having together and and yeah um so i'm i want to bring us back to the missions that that ayahuasca puts us on because one of the ways that we can respond to this year um, and this is something I've been talking about ever since I came back from Peru um, and, and found myself, you know, in this situation and thought, you know, what, how is this meaningful and what, what is this, how is this a part of this bigger experience that we're having with mm. these plant medicines that are helping us really move into a different way of being. And I think that um, the word, before I went into Peru and into ceremony earlier this year, there are these words that just kept coming to me. And one of them was incubation, mm. which I thought was very interesting and had no idea about COVID or coronavirus or anything. Mm. That word just kept insisting on presenting itself to me without mm. any explanation. And I thought, okay. And so I stayed with it. And now I remember it. And I'm thinking, okay. So for many of us, it can be a time where we, you know, 
uh, stay, which obviously many of us are forced to, you know, and, and, and look within and start to reinvent ourselves, you know, start oh, to take yeah. that time that it needs. You know, um, more than so many that when you're going through a change of career and creating, you know, even deciding that you're going to be this entrepreneur, that you're going to go to that point where you're no longer going to actually work for someone else. You're going to be the boss of your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many of us are, are inspired to do by with ayahuasca. And I'm not saying that everybody's meant to, but many of us are called to do this. And, and there's right. so many fears and concerns that come up about that. But at the same time, I think that those people who are called to do so are also the people who have not been comfortable, you know, mm. in, in those experiences of, of working for others. And they, they usually are the people who are meant to, however uncomfortable it might seem to be mm. pulled up with that yeah. you know, comfortable discomfort. You know, you know how we get in a rut where we're comfortable complaining about it, but not doing anything about <laughs> it. Yes, very much. So for those of us who are being, you know, called to to kind of stand out and do our own thing, this can be an incubation period that allows us to to come up against all of those things that are in the way, um, usually within ourselves, of course, and traverse that, you know, and, and grow through it. And, and I Very think this. Yeah, and this is an opportunity and, and you've done it many times over, you know, tons of people who have you've helped people through it. And, and I just want you to um, speak about the personal journey because, okay, so this brings up another thing that I was thinking when you were speaking is um, about how, the, the uniting of, you know, your personal growth and, and the growth of business. Like I remember working for companies and, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in my early fifties now, so <laughs> I've been around and, and, uh. and been corporations at times when there is just policies and unspoken policies that, mm. that were hanging in the air. And one of them was that was actually spoken at times that, you know, you go through that revolving door and you leave your life behind and your personal life. And, and, and it is personal, everything that we do in our lives, you know? Um, and, and when I say that, I don't mean take things personally. I mean, um, it's meaningful. It can be meaningful. And when right. it's not meaningful, there is, you know, there is something wrong that leads to all the things that we see in this world that we need to change, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so I think that there's an opportunity for us to grow again, just like you mentioned that you felt disconnected from what you were doing before. And like many of us, right, this mm. is a big sickness in this world. And so now we have the opportunity to turn that around and there are going to be challenges and that's okay. Right. And Look at the grace period we're given now to right. reinvent ourselves, right? right? Right. And the surrender. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so many things you said, it was like, oh yeah, sparked a lot. <laughs> I went through this whole year of ayahuasca in my ear, surrender, surrender, surrender. Mm. And there are degrees of that. Like there, there was a state that I was in where I didn't realize how much I was fighting um, what was being, what was being shared with me, this guidance that I'm, that, that is with me every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people say, oh, that's great. You know, some people walk away the same as me where they have this ayahuasca guidance. I think all of us do. It just comes about in our lives differently. For me, it's just been this voice, right? Every day. And you think, oh, great. How wonderful. But, you know, you'd be surprised how much uh, you <laughs> arguing with it and turning it off and all kinds of craziness, right? We, we're the only ones that are in our way. So, and this, yeah, and this becomes inescapable when you have this experience. So for a year, it's like surrender, surrender, surrender. <laughs> and so I was forced to understand what that meant for me and, and what it is that I wasn't surrendering like how I was I was fighting mm -hmm. and that that just energetic um experience inside of myself that the the that was in me every single day for so many years that I didn't even know about that was uh I'm sure created from a lot mm -hmm. of early this early traumas uh, you know I think we all know about this now many of us have experienced it and this is how we're healing the world because mm. it's full of old traumas that we're working through and, yes. and it's personal and it's universal and we're all going through this together. Absolutely. I agree. And 
And there's so many tools that we're discovering now to help us to surrender and listen to guidance, as you say. And this guidance can present itself in many different ways. We yeah. all have inside of us. We, we know this. Um, we know it because we connect with it in ayahuasca. We do, and some of us in meditation, even hypnosis. Um, so I, everybody, after I've shared my story, which I was utterly, you know, encouraged and and i use that that term like mm. lightly i I'm, i got my butt kicked by ayahuasca <laughs> it's like okay get out there you know and talk openly not only about ayahuasca but you know this voice and all the rest of it it was very challenging mm. um but then people were like well how can i you know tap into my inner voice mm. Good question, and it took me years, and it was very surprising to discover that I, that for me, you know, hypnosis was the tool that I ended up using. Beautiful. But it's amazing when people use it and they have to surrender, which I think is what led to all the controversy. You know, with mm. it, other people can take advantage of it. You know, stage performers, all the rest of it, but nothing happens without our agreement. Mm. And yes. We, and when we agree to surrender to ourselves you know, and to this guidance that's within us, that's when the magic happens. And I've seen it. People have, they all have the answers. They do mm, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And just allowing that answer to come through, relaxing these, you know, techniques we use, whether it's meditation, hypnosis, or, right. or whatever, we have that capacity to continually when, when life gets in the way, you know, or we're getting in the way of ourselves and life's showing us this, to continue to return back to that place within that knows, you know, what we're doing and is able to provide us with the answers, whether we like it or not. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And the me to we, when you, when you um, talked about that, it was so interesting to me because um, I do some auto writing so that this voice can just come out onto paper. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And, and I was asked to do that in ceremonies, like put pencil to paper and let it flow. And mm -hmm. when it comes, it's like so not my own writing. I mean, you'll see my writing on my website and then you see what ayahuasca produces through me. And it's this ancient, you know, wisdom voice that speaks in metaphor, mm. very different stuff. Wow. And it goes from you, I, and we like interchangeably. Mm. And I wanted to change that. And then I realized, no, I can't do that because there's there must be a reason for this and I don't know it yet. And when you said mm. that, <laughs> Oh my God, that's it. He's got it. You know? <laughs> that's beautiful. I yes. love that. The explanation to that kind of came through you and there's always one, right? And you never know where it's going to come from. Exactly. Because it's interchangeable. And and it just, and I, I kind of think I, I thought I might've known it, but you question yourself. I do too much. Yeah. And, and then you just kind of, when you said that, I went, oh my God, that's it. You know, mm. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now we're all in incubation and we have opportunities in this incubation right and i right. want you to talk about the the kind of struggles that people have gone through going from i mean have you have you uh, had experience working with people who've gone through um working from a company to taking all that responsibility onto themselves and 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 the things that have brought up for them and how you help them work through it sure Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, first I'll say that, the, you know, I, I love the, the word, the incubation period. Um, you know, I've been taking shamanic courses myself to just kind of, um, you know, educate myself in this world more and be able to understand the nuanced uh, magic that's all around us a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was recently learning about the medicine wheel, which essentially is, you know, the four directions and the, and the seasonality and the cycles uh, that we all experience. And this teacher was basically saying, you know, springtime is for planting new seeds. And, you know, let's say another way of putting it's like invoking your intentions and calling them out and, you know, welcoming them in. Um, the summertime is to really kind of like um, nurture that and, 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 and thrive with it all. And then, you know, fall is to like reap and, and harvest um, that, that what you put in and all the work that you've invested and then the winter time is for the incubation period for reflection and introspection period. And many of us, at least in the Western world, skip out on the um, introspection period, the winter period, um, even though it's probably probably the most important so that 
you know, you can stay still and you can listen, you can, you know, follow your heart, you know, with more, with more of a, a clear channel, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was very beautiful for you to hear that word introspection uh, or incubation, sorry, that, you know, is a beautiful time for introspection and reflection. And um, yeah, as we've all stayed still this whole year, you know, being able to hopefully put into practice uh, the idea of reflection and introspection. At least that's definitely what I've been doing as well. Um, I think that's a, it's a beautiful perspective to, to consider. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's an wanted to, wanted to touch on that. Yeah. And, and this shamanic view of the world, like, I think that uh, this is another gift we get through the medicines. For me, I started my shamanic journey before I entered into the world of medicines, but mm. however it happens, um, it, it allows us to, to get in touch with our environment, as you say, in, in a different, in a beautiful way and such an empowering, yeah. like um, one of the concepts that, um, that I, I began to, uh, to uh, engage in myself and learn from uh, shamanic studies was, um, uh, was our interaction with nature um, in a powerful way. Like um, in one ceremony before uh, we did Iboga, we were at the fire and we were asking the fire to burn what we didn't want, you know, mm. what no longer served us. And you can do this with all of the elements, with the wind. Right. Uh, I ask it to, you know, to take it away, uh, to, to, to wash it, to blow it away right, with, the, right. with the rain, to, to, rise, uh, to rinse it wash away, it away yeah. wash it away. And, you know, these are our intentions. That's the power, really. And our intentions uh, and, and uniting with nature, you know, um, to put it out there and to carry it away in, in these different ways. And the intentions are truly the powerful part. We're just mm. harnessing uh, the reflections all around of us, uh, all around us to, you know, to, to work in concert with them. And, and because these are all reflections of us, right? What's right. happening in the world. And so, um, and, and I think that there's a convergence here of so many things that's happening, like um, this outward reflection of things that haven't been working for so long and then coming to a head in a way. Mm. And us having the opportunity to, to take a step back and, and learn how to do it differently, you mm. know, learn how to approach these things differently and use this time well. This has been presented to us. The earth knows how to use this time really well. Right. <laughs> let's do let's take uh, let's take you know direction from that right we, we, we can take this time to heal and to reinvent ourselves and there's so much out there that's that's help there's so many things that are now emerging to help us with this plant medicine mm. psychedelics all of these natural practices uh shamanism mindfulness we we are being the tools are raining down on us mm. you know they're there for us. We can do it. And um, one of the things that, you know, that I think is inspiring us to do is to, instead of raging against whatever it is that we don't want, is to creating what we do want. And that's another aspect of entrepreneurship, right? That mm. we, we take the reins and say, instead of complaining that that guy isn't doing, you know, good things or whatever, well, what are you doing? You know, let, right. let's, let's do it then. And, and right. what are we doing? And what can we do? And then, and then when we take the reins, there's like all this stuff that we have to deal with, all these barriers we, we create. Yeah, yeah, very much reminds me of um, this concept that, you know, what, and this is a very powerful learning I've taken away from my last few years in the medicine world and coupled with other reading, spiritual readings. Uh, this one comes from the book of Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, um, which is like what you believe uh, you become. So this idea that, especially with entrepreneurs, um, you know, you you approach certain things and you're like, oh, you know, this is this is this means this and this means that, and it's usually from possibly negative place. Versus, you know, what is ultimately under your control is how you respond and how you interpret um, certain situations. So, you know, through the shamanic world teachings and or the medicine world teachings, um, we just get you know, fast forward, like we had a fast forward uh, exploration of so many different alternative possibilities that we can start to integrate this idea of, well, you know, the old self might've interpreted this way, but this new self of mine, which is more filled with this idea of love 
and and compassion and and, and oneness and everything around that um, can can open up the possibility of a different perspective that will serve me well. And the fact that it'll serve me well, which means that you know I can I can really resonate with this and apply that, I think is a very powerful practice for entrepreneurs who you know, might be facing a lot of challenges, but, you know, choose to see um, uh, it, the perspective, the situation a different way. And that's ultimately what I've been practicing a lot and sharing with a lot of people I work with. It's like, well, yes, you can see it this way and it might be very much true. And if you continually believe in it, it will be true of your reality. But because we still live in the same world and we can live completely different realities, the only difference is our mindset and how we perceive, how we choose to perceive things. You know, there's a very powerful quote my CEO usually says. It's like tackling onto what I shared of what you believe you become. So choose a good one. So choose mm-hmm. a good one. And it's always under your control. Choose a good one. The power of choice um, for whichever perspective you uphold will become your reality. So you might as well make it a good one. And I share this a lot because for the skeptics out there, you know, they'll be like, well, this is all just woo-woo stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it is very much woo-woo stuff if you so choose to see it that way. Or give it a possibility that this could be a profound truth that will completely shift your life. Sit with that, marinate with that. And if, it, if, it, if you see it and it does, beautiful. And if it doesn't, it's all good. But I can say for me, it has made all the difference in being able to live a very harmonious, peaceful and joyful life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, you know, this has very much been my own journey. And I think it is many people's journey and and we have a choice as to whether we embrace that or not that is the essence of freedom it's not mm. out, you know it's in here and and it's it can be a battleground at times and it can be up us up against the concepts that have been presented to us yeah when we were young you know and that we uh, adopted and embodied and 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 we have the opportunity to now shed them you know yeah. and Take on yeah. something that does serve us. And that's what it really comes down to. Um, I've done a lot of detoxing of the intellectual uh, walls that I created around around myself that wouldn't allow this stuff in. And I, I needed to get rid of it so that I could, you know, begin to fully embody um, mm. this, this new understanding of, of the world and the possibility. Mm-hmm magic and all these phenomenal things that I was experiencing and still this mm. crazy, you know, intellectual voice was, you know, raging against it. And it's like, okay, mm. let's <laughs> Right. Right. And and that's that's the ultimate power. And I've helped a lot of uh, actually a lot of entrepreneurs with with that that same harnessing that same power that created all of those um, obstacles, you know, to dissolve them. And that's, mm-hmm. again, another concept that, you know, we either embrace or we don't. And, and it, it can be a struggle, but, you know, we, there are tools to help us with this. Mm. And that's programming that happened to us when we were kids. We can program, we can take that and, and insert another program. Right. A program about, about empowerment, about magic and beauty and, and, and endless possibilities that exist. Yeah, speaking about reprogramming, I've always learned, and it's beautiful to talk to you as a you know hypnosis practitioner, that the ways we can reprogram is either through hypnosis to you know reprogram you know something that no longer serves us, or uh, through repetition. Um, and so myself, not being a hypnosis practitioner or having done too much hypnosis myself, I've been going down the path of you know setting habits of repetition that very much aligns with the new behavior or program that I want to invoke. And um, that's been insanely helpful. So I can only imagine how powerful, you know, the work that you do in, with hypnosis can help, you know, create new programs for, for um, the leaders that you serve as well. Yeah. And I mean, I can see them all. There's such convergence these days that I can see because um, I, I started to study it because I want to know where did this come from? Because I don't think this mm-hmm. is a modern kitschy thing that we kind of mm. see it something ancient about this and i i and and it's totally aligned with my mindfulness i mean what i do i i do it with a very shamanic bent and empowering mm. kind of uh way and i see it as uh being very similar to the mantra you know the mm. repetition yeah i think that just early on when we were taking uh 
leadership from these spiritual allies of ours and the elements rather than, you know, what later came is our own constructs of, of you know, different kinds of leadership. I think that we were learning to do these kinds of things for ourselves and we didn't necessarily have the labels that we do for them now. And I think they mm. broke off, you know, into all of their different sort of, you know, areas of study or areas of practice. And I think hypnosis is one of those mindful practices from way mm. back. But like anything, it can be used in different ways by different people, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But in the end, you know, we have to be on board with whatever happens to us. And it's part of understanding about how we create our reality is mm-hmm. the discovery of how we create things that harm us. Yeah. Yeah. But that also lends itself to understanding how powerful we are in turning that around too. And, <laughs> and we certainly can do that, you know, and, and even agreeing to do that can be a process, you know, mm. And happen in stages and all of that's okay um, but one of the, the things that has worked against us in doing this for so long has been the, the the powerful daily routine machine of you know get up and do everything you need to do work kids whatever and then go to bed and wake up and do it all over again right. well we've been startled out of that routine in lots of ways and sure it's presented its own unique challenges but also I think many of us have been given some time to reflect and now is the time to change that programming and to start mm. to create what we, what we really do want to see in this world mm. yeah yeah it's beautiful to to imagine that possibility and um you know they say a lot of times at least for many of us for the first time in our lives um you know we're all kind of united to to in one uh big challenging situation so with that perspective there's an op- like opportunity for all of us at once to start to make a different, you know, relationship with our choices and, and the way we want to show up um, that it can be an absolute massive uh, wake up opportunity um, in the next few months, if not the next few years after what's been happening this year as well. Yeah. I mean, it, there's this mass uniting um, across the world, which is beautiful and full of, amazing possibilities and there's also these divisions but I believe that this is also an opportunity for us to come to terms with accepting if we accept we create our own reality we must also accept that everybody has their own unique reality exactly and yeah trying to find trying to find the the respect for all of them but also um, the commonality probably if you dig deeper enough there's probably some beautiful commonality between all these separation divisions that may you may on the surface feel and see but digging a little bit deeper it's like you know in our in our in our retreats and journeys uh it's one of the key recurring uh, discoveries there's like oh my goodness like you and I are very similar and just the illusion of that separation was that veil that blocked us from from seeing that and once we kind of pierce through that by really having the curiosity, empathy to get to know each other, the, the similarity starts to surface so beautifully. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that underlying commonality, I, I think that we all know that, that those things are, are just, they're, they're beyond politics. Uh, they're beyond all of, even, even circumstances. We all want to be healthy. You know, we all want to be well. We all, no, we, we, all, all we all want to be loved too. <laughs> resonate with love let's start there um but you know also on our way to kind of uh embodying all of this together uh, i think they're they're you know to be at peace with the fact that everybody's you know uh maybe coming at this in a different way and respect that that's part of 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 our you know collective growth is to accept that everybody's going to you know be coming at that in a different way have a different past different history different experience different you know stage of healing right absolutely absolutely i've been reading a lot about uh the gene keys from richard rudd and um talks a lot about how whenever there is these um shadows that emerge of 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 intolerance or separation or judgment 
there are always a there's always a path to discovering um, the gift and the truth of why the shadow is emerging. So, for example, in you know in this case, there's uh, one that's you know the shadow is intolerance, um, but the the gift of this this feeling of of shadow of intolerance is um, acceptance, um, and then the truth of this um, whole experience is all about forgiveness. And so you know, we can always be aware of what shadows are emerging in the judgment or the intolerance and be able to re-educate ourselves, move past them and understand the underlying reason behind why the shadow exists so that we can learn you know, this ultimate truth. Absolutely, I agree. And I think that the ultimate truth is, is love. Um, yeah. and, and I think we all know it. I think deep down inside we do. And there must be a reason we're going through this because we, we do ultimately love ourselves and one another, an extension of ourselves. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're healing something. Um, Absolutely. And, and we, couldn't, we couldn't experience this deep knowing with any of these tools or medicines if we didn't have it in there to begin with. Right. Another kind of work that I do is uh, very shamanic work is, is dream work. And we, and there are mm. people who have not even known the terms dream work who have been doing it. We all do it without officially entitling it. Right. Mm. But when you do it intentionally, it can become that much more powerful. And I warn you challenging <laughs> <laughs> all of this stuff. Of course. Right? I remember being an, for some reason for me and so many others, three o'clock in the morning seems to be this magical time where it's like you're waking up and, and giving these messages and stuff, right? I had a string of that time this past year and during, okay. right during lockdown where I wake up every every day for almost a week straight around 3.30 to 4 a.m., which is like some gnarly dreams. And yeah, I definitely start to journal in down and start to reflect on them afterwards. Yeah, this is a magical time, right, right smack in, in the middle of the middle, night. Oh, yeah, it's so quiet. Everything is so quiet around me. Yeah, and, and it's, it's great, and even the dark stuff. And, and it's not always nice, but, but it's important, and, and there's got to be a lot of trust around it, too. But I remember not long ago, within the last couple of months, I lose track of time these days so easily, um, especially with this kind of work. But um, in the middle of the night, I was woken up, and these messages come at in different levels. In other words, some of them are deafening and other ones are like whispers and you mm. have to chase them and hang on to them. And, and then other ones are somewhere in the middle, you know, they're so powerful in their nature that you remember them and can't forget them. But this mm. one was one of those deafening, oh my God, God just spoke to me, you know? Mm. It feels almost like a, a rebuke, but it's not. It's just so powerful and so we're just not used to that kind of communication that it's mm. powerful. And it woke me up in the middle of the night and said, love is the only truth. Everything else is lies. Yeah, I completely, I've actually seen that, not exactly that line before, but you know, when I was in Guatemala traveling last year, I think like love is the only truth. All else is an illusion. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and these are universal truths. We've been presented with them in so many different ways. Right. And, and, and there's a reason for that too. We're, li we're living in a very dense experience and we do need repetition <laughs> and, and we do need them to come at Reminders, these, yeah. yeah. And, and to come at us with different, in different ways at different times because, of, because we continue to change, you know? Right. And um, I remember going through a difficult period after that and reaching out in my mind um, and, and speaking to this voice and saying, okay, so in this scenario, how does that apply? Because my life has always been about integration. You know, mm. before the medicines, I was always a philosophically minded person. And my frustration was with the fact that we have, we all have been presented with great thinkers over, over, you know, the years and centuries that, have presented us with these profound messages. How do we apply them? That's the thing. Why yeah. sit around classrooms and admire them like poetry and not do anything with them, not, you know, live them, be them, help them change our experience. And right. here I am now with the medicines going, okay, integration, it's my thing, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, but then I get these like profound messages. And again, I always demand of these voices like, yeah, tell me how to apply it. What do I do with that? How, do, how does that beautiful question? Yeah, apply to this situation. So help me not get carried away with this story and help me apply that to it. And and it was this situation that many of us face where especially when we start to do medicines and we have to move away from harmful relationships and people where, you know, we can't insist other people grow that that is that is not our job you know <laughs> we focus on ourselves and if other people come with us on that ride how beautiful and right. if they remain where they are there's reasons for it we respect that you know and and move on and, and it maybe you know it, it's it's entirely situational but yeah. you know many of us that just have to do that and and that's the graceful um loving thing to do and and I've been in this situation myself various times with different people. And, and this one was just such a painful experience. And then I said, so I reached out in my mind and said, so how does this apply here? And it's like, well, that person that you're, you know, moving away from loves you. You know, the lie mm-hmm. is that that person doesn't love you because of all this wrangling that's going on in your right. experience and that, that is coming at you. Um, but, you know, you can believe that or you can know the truth of the fact that underlying all of that, that seems to be really harsh on the surface is love. And once mm. I got that, it changed everything, you know, it changed everything because someone can be, you know, behave in ways that, you know, seem very <laughs> harsh on the surface. But if you really know underneath it all that there's love, it changes everything, you yeah. know, and it's so powerful. Agreed. And, and that we can apply that to everything that's happening in the world right now. And that's the work. <laughs> that's I mean, our work. Yeah. And it just releases all the energy we waste on that. And we can redirect that into, into the things that we have to do for ourselves, really, you know, to take responsibility for our lives and to, to, to create what, what it is we want to happen in this world. Right. Mm. Lovely. So on that note, um, Tim, do you, do you want to give some information where people can get a hold of you to learn more about the organization that you're involved in and the work that you do? Sure. Um, you can search on just uh, the online One Heart, but with the number one, and then H-E-A-R-T dot com. Um, that's a little bit more about you know what our offering is for the world and the sort of experiences with the accelerator we, we host. And then if you want to just learn about me or connect with me, uh, you can just find me um, at T-I-M-S-A-E-K-O-O on any of the socials and I'm happy to connect and, and chat more about, you know, all things medicine and, and how we can, you know, continually step into this work and show up with so much love and, and continually integrate, you know, all that we've learned into our own day-to-day lives. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Tim, Thank I really you for the opportunity. <laughs> all right. And for all the good work that you do. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.